Welcome back, everybody, to your creativity. We are outside on a spring afternoon. It, yeah, it's. I mean, it's kind of nice out. It's, it's still a little bit, a little bit of a chill. But I said kinda, kinda. Like I mean, <laughs> so it's kind of nice. I wore flip flops, which probably wasn't a, the best choice. But other than that, it feels all right. Do you need a blanket? Nah, yeah, I'm good. I got old man callous feet. It's all right. Old dad Shrek alligator toes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> well, let's just jump in. Oh yeah, for sure. That that voice you heard is Guy Seidel. He's another podcaster on the Utah Podcast Network. He had Dirt Pod before, correct? And now he has Dude, I Love That Song. Yes, and it's I've been having fun. Episode four dropped today uh, with my buddy Tony Oris, who's a uh, Kind of a staple in the uh, Utah music community. He was the singer for uh, Metal Gods. I don't know if you remember them at Liquid Joe's. And he just has a bunch of bands, solo stuff. He has a booking company. So he was my most recent guest. And then uh, the ones before that, we just geek out on music. And you had uh, Helmut von Schmidt. Had Helmut von Schmidt, John Hernandez, from both from K-Bear. Um, my buddy Danny Corianis was the first episode. He's just a, he's a former comedian who's just a pit of musical knowledge so so yeah it's been fun and and you know we try to keep it funny it's so it's you know it's not boring i've listened to podcasts I'm like well the first pink floyd album was a little oh pink. so you've listened to our podcast <laughs> <laughs> no you got you guys are uh uh you guys are charismatic yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> he says he says that as he you're you know your sidekick marcus or how long have you guys been been partners on we, stuff. Let's see. We, he was at the very first open mic I ever did. R- serious? Yeah, that's how. So he was he was on Last Comic Standing at the time, and um, he came home because they were filming in L.A. So he came home for a break, and on that break, I did uh, and my first open mic, and he happened to be hosting it. So he was like, "Dude, you, that was good. How were you from? Where you know?" And I was like, "Dude, this is my first time." So we kind of became buddies, and I opened for him, and he kind of, you know, took me under his wing. And then I started headlining, and we became, you know, independent comedians. And then 10 years ago, we had this idea, because he's a great singer and impressionist, and I've been playing guitar for 30 years. So we had this idea to just put this show together where, you know, he sings, uh, does impressions and sings, and I play guitar. And it's just evolved into a show now where... We kind of do mashups and impressions, but a lot of the show is just off-the-cuff riffing and roasting. Like, if you come to a show and you sit in the front row, you're going to have a good time. <laughs> and, and, and we we know that line, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not rude, you know, but we, we will beat you up and it'll be fun <laughs> and you'll love it. You're a great roast person. That's one of Thank your you. things. I I like about you, the comedy care stuff, uh-huh. and and those shows are you're just really good at like laying into people. That was one of the things I before because I used to I used to when I when I was focusing on stand up. So let's say 2014, 15, I got really good at just going up and just riffing, you know, roasting people, um, balancing that line where you're funny but not being rude. Uh, I, I really feel, I don't have that confidence to my solo now. Like I'll go up once in a while to do stand up by myself, and I don't have that skill set anymore. But the way Marcus and I uh, 
can riff with each other, it's just that much better. It's just boom, 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 back and forth, and make, we make fun of each other, and it's, it's just a fun show. And we can do it, if you're listening to this, we can do it squeaky clean. We do a lot of corporate events. My mom listens. That That's our listener. Well, now, uh, my my mom won't. She's dead. But I, I'll i tell a couple friends. <laughs> my mom's dead, too. Look. Look at us. This is the Dead Mom Club, Stephen. Um, well, to be fair, my, my, my birth mother's dead. Hey, does, does that work? So trio. You're in the club. Yeah, so you're in the club. I just have a bonus mom. So, so. <laughs> uh so yeah, we we do that now, and it's it's just so much fun. Still still very music oriented the show, but it's also a lot of us just riffing. We do it clean, so we do a lot of corporate events, as I was saying before. Um, I mean, we've done great. We've done elementary schools, um, and we. But when we're at Wise Guys, which we will be this Saturday, I don't know if this episode will drop before then, but it won't. But uh, let's just assume it was a great show when you're listening to this, and we had a good old time. Well, I can't believe that you guys went on for three hours. We have. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did. You're you're going to on Saturday. Oh yes, yes, on Saturday. Okay, so, yes. Y- y- we're 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 prophesizing. Y- I can't much. believe that. I can't believe that super hot girl wanted to give me her money and all the other stuff that. I can't believe the cops came. The, the, the place was on fire. <laughs> it happened pretty quick. Yeah, it was it was a blur. <laughs> Just kidding. None of that happened. But we had a good show, everybody. Yeah, so you you did one version at um, the old Hell Theater in West Valley. Um, was oh that, yeah, was yeah, that yeah. to kind of showcase to, to to get more gigs? Yes, that was the that was the plan, and it's it's kind of I kind of have a love that car is about towards front end off. Uh, I kind Welcome of a, to my parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Noted when I leave in my low car. Just kind of go at an angle. Yeah. I'm glad I, I have a little lowrider Volkswagen Beetle. Glad I didn't bring that. Uh, anyway, that special we filmed in 2019, it was in the round in the theater, and it was so much fun. We had a live band with us, bass player, drummer, other guitarist. Um, it was great, but it, in hindsight, it wasn't a great representation of what we do because it was all very scripted, um, and we and we had to do it that way, you know, for for the camera. Um, but it, and, and we don't perform with a live band all the time. It was fun. It was a great show. I highly suggest you watch it. Go to MarksonGuy.com or YouTube. It's on there. I love the way it looks, but it doesn't have the crowd work that we normally do in it. Um, I just don't think it translated well to what we actually do. But it is fun to watch, and it tur- it looks great. It was, it was expensive, <laughs> so it better. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what I was thinking as I was watching it. I was like trying to count how many cameramen there were, I was, and then oh, all had, the people. We had a crane. We had a oh yeah, we had everything. It, it was it was a big production. It was a, the real deal in it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, we sold tickets to it. We didn't take a bath on it or anything, but yeah, it was uh, it was it was a it was a big production. And then, how many hours of film did you go through to to break down what you had, or did you have to edit a much? We edited it. I didn't, but the people who, who, the production company we hired, we had to go do a few rewatches just to make sure, every, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. One, I hate seeing myself on camera anyway, but then to be like, ugh, look at this stupid thing I did, or look at that angle. So I hate, I hated going back and doing the rewatches and, you know, second takes and every, or second, you know, runs through it or whatever, but it, it turned out great. It, it looks good. It's just not really what we do. 
Was it just one night, or did you guys record one night? Yeah. One night? Yeah, it was. We even had so that we even had this, and I'm so kind of pissed this didn't turn out as well as I wanted it to. At the very end, we did. We had a five piece band, and we played. It's a long way to the top. If you want to rock and roll by ACDC, yeah. and we even had a bagpiper come in. I watched that the deleted <laughs> scene. Yeah, and the the only shitty part is the the it, we couldn't mix the bagpipe in properly. Because it, it was there was just no way to really do it. Yeah. So the way it came in, I can, and I haven't watched it for a while now, but uh, I think either it was too loud or wasn't loud enough or it drowned out. So I can't remember. But uh, our buddy Eric Evan House, I think that's how you say his name, uh, he looked awesome. He was wearing the tartan and the whole get up, the big old, I don't know what they're called, bagpiper dude hats. <laughs> But it was it was awesome. It just the audio didn't turn out the way I had hoped. It was great if you were there in the room, but on the video, the audio with that bagpipe just didn't turn out as well as we had hoped. That's huge bummer, man. Okay, so you're a perfectionist because I watched it and I thought it was pretty incredible. Thank you. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it it did turn out great. The whole the whole thing turned out great. But what we wanted it for was to show people what we do, and it's just not really what we do. The songs, the bits are there, and there's some crowd work, but even since then, even in the last year, Marcus and I have just leaned so much more into natural crowd work, mm-hmm. just playing, talking to people, and we have so many uh, so many songs in our head that sometimes some, a, a situation will happen, and I'll have a song, a, a riff or a beginning of a song or something that I know will fit, because I've been playing for 30 years, so I got, you know, whatever hundreds of songs in my head that I kind of know the riffs to at least and I can just break that out so it's it's fun. Did you play music even all growing up? Yeah. Yeah, I was I started a band when I was 15 and uh we played that same the same band with the What same was port- the name of that band? Hitch. H A T C H. Uh and I don't remember why we called it that. It was just we wanted one word and it was I don't know. We were I think we had a gig that weekend we just needed a name. Uh but anyway, we started playing when I was, I might have been 16. My other guys might have been 15. But we played a gig as recently as 2018. Oh, wow. Just childhood buddies. And, we, you know, we played 12 years straight in bars. We started playing in bars when I was in 17, high school. And then, uh, yeah, about every five years ago, somebody will call us back. Hey, what are you doing this weekend? You guys want to get together and do a gig at this local bar back where I'm from? And if schedules allow, we'll do it. And you grew up in Helper, Utah? Helper, Utah. Really really small town? Tell us about that. Helper is the coolest town in Utah. It's, 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 when I was there, it was a small mining and railroad town, which it still is. But uh, it's become this kind of like artsy, there's a ton of art galleries there. And, the, and this, this dude named Gary DeVincent moved to town. And uh, he has the funds to pretty much do whatever he wants so he's been remodeling just a ton of old buildings and like he's the savior of helper he he's brought so much back to the town he's dumped i couldn't even put a number on how many how much money he's put into the town but it's kind of had a revival they have like street fairs there on the weekends in the summer there's a big arts festival there every august it's just helpers become a really cool town rv parks airbnbs but when i was growing up it was just a small town uh, railroad and mining town and those industries you know have seen better days so so it was uh it was a little it was a little weird growing up but uh it's great now 
Like it's it's an awesome place to just go for a weekend and hang out. And you do music shows and comedy shows back there sometimes. Um, yeah, not a lot. I think we did yeah, a last minute show at the Arts Festival a few years ago, and then we did. Uh, they have a, they actually have a really cool theater there, the Rio Theater, where they took there. There was an old building in town because most of the buildings in Helper were built between eighteen the eighteen eighties and the nineteen twenties. Uh, really cool old. So what they did is they braced up the facade of this building, tore the building down behind it, built a new theater onto the front of that facade. So it looks like it's a hundred and something years old, but everything behind it's brand new. So uh, we've done that theater, and it went really well. But it's been a while since we've gone down there. We've done well. No, that's a lie. We did a private gig there over this this winter, because sometimes people hire us to do you know their company retreat or whatever. It, it, I want to go back to talking about um, this show that you guys did. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's what you guys do a lot of just the mashups. Yeah. How in the hell do you do that? <laughs> like, so, like, in my, I can barely talk and walk at the same time. Me too. Let alone, like, <laughs> trying to, like, dump in different lyrics and, you know. It's uh, funny how it'll happen because sometimes Marcus will just be like, hey, dude, we should learn this song. So I'll plunk it out on my guitar, and I'm like, oh, that's very similar to this. You know, if you change this a little bit, it could become this. And then there's even times when I'll just, go, like, if a song's say in a C, F, G chord configuration or whatever, I'll just get on the Internet and look up, what songs have this chord configuration? And sometimes it'll tell me a song. I'm like, oh, duh, right there. So we'll mash them up, you know, play one chord structure, but sing ten songs over the top of that. Yeah. And you just be like, oh, I didn't realize those were all the same. I mean, it's not groundbreaking or by any stretch, but but we're really good at it. And then with Marcus. But you, I don't think many people did it before you guys. You guys were. If you, There's some videos on, on YouTube of like, there was a really popular one. I can't remember what it was called, but it was some dude on a piano. And he sung like 40 songs over the top of this one, this one piano riff or something. I can't remember what it was called. But, um, and, but yeah, some of them are really like oh i never noticed that with these two songs or four or whatever so it's kind of kind of all over the place but really good time where do you sit on vanilla ice stealing from what you might call it because he said himself they go dun 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 dun, and his goes dun 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 dun." yeah yeah (laughs) you know what he did he's he's a genius uh he bought the song like, they did go after him, but then I can't remember the exact details, but I was listening to a podcast with him one time. He eventually, after they, I, I think he got sued or something, and uh, he actually bought uh, Under Pressure. He bought the rights to the song. So now Queen has to ask him for <laughs> I don't think they do, but but yeah, I think he owns that song now. Oh, that would be such a weird turn where you're asking Vanilla Ice if you can do something. <laughs> Please. <laughs> you know, Please everybody can. shits on him, but he was a smart dude. He's, like, big into real estate. Yeah, he likes he's, he's had a couple TV shows. Yeah, Fix like, It shows. Yeah, but I but I know he actually has, like, sh- solid investments. He's, he's He wasn't a, as dumb as he looked, I guess. That's the way to go. He didn't it's go like, MC Hammer style. Where <laughs> <laughs> you're doing stuff for 3M... Yeah, <laughs> what was what was it called? There was a tie-in with MC Hammer in the 3M. It was like tape or something. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, it's like double-sided stuff where hooks st- stay on the wall or yeah. something. He had he had some. You can't touch this or some yeah. kind of tag to it. <laughs> uh, 
Okay, well, but you also talked about <laughs> like you you own a small business. I do, and it's you. You told me it's your side gig. Well, it's a full time gig. So what what it was is when I moved to Salt Lake in two thousand seven, I started working for a heating and air company. I did. I didn't know anything about heating and air. I just needed a job, and they had an ad on the radio. So I called them, went to work for them, and I uh, did heating and air for a few years. And then my comedy career was kind of, I won't say taken off, but I was you know, getting more opportunities and go, to go on the road and stuff. So I demoted myself within the company to, a, to be a duct cleaner because it was easier to, it wasn't the pressure. You have to be there. You know, When you're one of the installers and they have a schedule up, you need to be there. So with duct cleaning, there's a little bit of, you know, more leeway for me to uh to kind of get away so i did that for years and years and years and everybody else in the in the in the in the uh what the hell's the word i'm looking for everybody else at the shop thought what are you doing you're, t- you're demoting yourself why would you do that so i did that and then um years later i was i was doing in 2016 i was doing well enough where comedy was paying the bills and uh so I was like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to save a little bit of money and buy my own duct cleaning setup. That way I can completely be on my own schedule. And I did. And shortly after I I uh, started my business, my old employer shut that department down and just sent me all their work. So it worked out really well. The business has been successful from day one. I've never had to like... I've never struggled. I mean, there's slow, there's up and down. Like right now, it's kind of slow right now, but that's the nature of the season. And I'm not worried. I have I have a, two trucks on the road. I have an employee out who's working full time. Um, if we get busy, I go out as well. Um, but mostly, I I'm home doing stuff behind the behind the desk. Yeah, and you had Andy working for Andy you for Gold a while. worked for me for sheesh, almost two years, and then uh, he started his own dryer vent business. Mm-hmm. Andy Gold's a comedian. Um, so he kind of broke off on his own with my blessing. I helped him out because I didn't want to do dry events. So I hired another guy, and it's just I'm a really lucky dude because with what I do with Marcus and then my side gig, I don't work a ton, but I make enough money to live comfortably. So I, if you ever hear me complaining, punch me. <laughs> Actually, I was just complaining yesterday because I had to pay taxes. You know this as a business owner. It's the worst. I guess you're a business owner as well, ain't you? Yeah, we all. I'll tell you this. Yeah, so I have to write a check to the IRS tomorrow. <coughs> or the Treasury Department, or whoever's taking my money. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the downside of owning your own business. <laughs> the taxes. But the rest of it's great. Yeah, I'm a lucky cat. Okay, so when's the best time for your creative? For me to be creative? Yeah. Or do you... Like, do you carry a notepad around all the time? No. And, and that's one thing why I kind of stopped focusing so hard on, on stand-up is because there was so much pressure to write and keep new material, which there should be. You want, you don't, and I, I'm not good at sitting down to write material. When I would get new material, I would just work it out on stage and kind of mess with bits and see where it works and where it goes. So I was always terrible at writing notes and forming bits so then when marcus and i started doing this and i started doing less stand-up i didn't have as much time on stage to work stuff out so i haven't written new stand-up joke in a long time but with Mar- what marcus and i do is just it takes the focus away from the stand-up so yeah i don't carry any kind of 
the I stuff mean, you do is pretty timeless, though. It it still translates pretty well. I hope so. I mean, uh, but yeah, as far as new stuff, Marks and I will have new stuff, and then we'll show up to the gig and be like, this is too good. We don't want to try a new bit right now. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd's too hot. We don't want to yeah, throw a turd in there. <laughs> we don't know if it's going to bomb or not. Um, and then he and I also, we have so many hours of material that just because we get new bits, get rid of them, and he'll be like, dude, break out that whatever song. And I'll, I don't remember that. <laughs> that was 10 years ago, man. Well, that's good that you have that in the the chamber where you can always kind, shake things kinda, up. As a kinda. guitar player, well, he he is a singer as well because he has to remember lyrics. But he, but there's some complicated. I mean, what I do, what I play with Marcus isn't rocket science. But sometimes there's a few songs. Hey, play that Sinatra song. I'm like, dude, that's 43 jazz chords that I do not remember <laughs> at, at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> that's one I can't break out on the fly. Um, but as far as like being creative, yeah, I'm not a sit down sit down and, and construct jokes or bits kind of guy. I have major ADD, which diagnosed. So for me to sit down and focus is hell. I've never been good at it. But I've, I'm creative in other ways, too. Like, I, I have a, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I have a Volkswagen Beetle, and I just love getting creative with that. Rest- I'm be- rest- it didn't need a restoring, but I'm restoring it. Like, I made door panels out of marijuana burlap sacks and... <laughs> I lowered it and I, just all kinds of stupid stuff. So and it's, not, it's not limited to comedy, I guess. And fun vanity plates, fry sauce. Yeah, the car is like this pink. Fry sauce? Yeah, it's the exact color of fry sauce. So my, my license plate is fry sauce, S-O-S-S. And I just bought it that way. I was like, what? And I took it to my mechanic and he's like, what's so fry sauce? And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> that's exact, the car is the exact color of fry sauce. So that was that was that was fun. You travel a lot More than most people But it's been Travel hasn't been a ton since COVID Um, Before then How many days a year do you think you guys were on the road? Uh, Even then not a ton Probably Once a month maybe One, One weekend a month Or a few days a month or something like that We did cruises for a minute Um in 2018 but we actually prefer like we we want to go we'll go anywhere we'll go anywhere where people have money but we try to stay local because we're mark's 45 i'm gonna be 44 this year traveling just it's not what it used to be it used to i used to like it now it's like no i gotta go to the airport <laughs> i like seeing other places i just hate yeah. getting there yeah when i went to italy that 10 hour you know it was like an eight hour flight to amsterdam and mm-hmm. then two hours to italy it was just like Training. I flew to England in 2018, and it was 10 hours on a plane. I'll never go to Australia <laughs> for the for the flight alone. 20 hour fl- no. I mean, they could probably soon knock you out, and then you just sleep through it all. That's what marijuana's for. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did. On the way to England, I had a bunch of edibles in my bag, and so I was just pounding those on the flight. It was a good flight over there. And then when I, when I got off the plane, there was a big circle slash marijuana leaf, and I'm like, damn it. So I threw my gummies away and then walked right through customs. <laughs> damn it. I could have saved them. Because <laughs> I, got, I got the one. I would have been okay. Yeah, I would have been fine. There was nothing. But I thought, man, this is a different country. I don't know. Are they going to have dogs and stuff when I go around the corner? No. <laughs> but I couldn't go back. But like, oh, sorry, I threw away my drugs. Uh, sorry, I just uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I threw away my uh, uh, passport. My one a days. <laughs> when, <laughs> when I went to Colorado, I bought some at a dispensary, which was an interesting experience. It was very clinical. Yeah, but dispensaries weird. are weird, man. Yeah. But, like, on the way back, I, like, buried it deep in my suitcase. So if you got stopped on the way home. Right. I don't know if if cops care. I, I don't if think I they If I were do a anymore. cop and I pulled somebody in there, they had packaged edibles with a barcode and a I'm like this is this is just this is legal yeah even if even if it's not i fly with edibles and in in uh vape cartridges all the time i've never had any any issue i won't travel with flour that's street yeah. talk for uh bud <laughs> <laughs> smokables uh well, how do we get on this subject Flying, uh, yeah, flying. we don't, we don't <laughs> and travel. being knocked out <laughs> for the whole being trip. Being knocked out, yes, that's flying, right, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way to do it. Uh, before, because I didn't start smoking marijuana until I was thirty nine years old, and shortly after that, Marcus and I were coming back from somewhere, and he's like, "Do you want to you want a cookie before you go?" And I'd have done edibles like once, because 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 if you buy them from a dispensary, they're labeled ten milligrams, and that's like you know what your body can handle. Yeah. Well, he hands me this. Cookie he bought from some dude, not 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 a dispensary, <laughs> just some dude with a pet reptile, and uh, I ate it and man, lights out. <laughs> not even lights out. I was just sitting on the plane drooling. So that that was a that was a good one. But I also heard your goal is someday with Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson. I, that was my goal before I, I, I before I ever smoked weed. I said I was, oh, I was only going to smoke if it was with four people. It would have to be Cheech and Chong. I guess that's two people: Willie Nelson, Snoop Dogg, or s- anyone from Cypress Hill. Okay, but I think that's still a good goal. Oh, like, I, would, I would still love. So, yeah, I mean, how are you working on that? I'm not. I really should though. Let's see. What are, What are the odds? If maybe if Cheech and Maybe if Chong ever tore solo again, because he used to do stand-up by himself, and he'd come to Wise Guys, but probably he's too old now. Cheech and Chong's back together, so. I think they do some, like, pot events sometimes. True. Yeah. I've met him. I met him at a meet-and-greet, but I didn't smoke with him. Um, Cypress Hill, that one would be pretty tough. I don't know. How, I don't have any kind of connection to to Cypress Hill. Um, Willie Nelson, he's probably going to die soon. Um, also, no connection there that I can think of. And who's the other one? Um, oh crap! Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Cheech and Chong. See, this is what marijuana does to your brain. <laughs> I've already forgotten. <laughs> Willie Nelson, Cypress Hill, Cheech and Chong, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. There we go. Snoop. The only th- the only thing that makes me think I might smoke with Snoop one day is that Snoop does everything with that like. I'm surprised he doesn't do a Hatch Family Chocolates commercial. <laughs> Hit yet. him up. Hit him up. Yeah, he, he, he doesn't yet. Yeah, he's never said no to a commercial. Was he on Cameo? He might be. <laughs> there you go, Steve. Yeah. Here's okay. my twenty dollars. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's a hundred bucks. And a and a Carmel Malone crispy. <laughs> yeah. Send him, send him a goodie bag. Send him some. Send him a munchie kit. And say, hey, look, you got free chocolate shakes for life when you come to Salt Lake. If you do it, if you do an ad for Hatch Family Chocolates, <laughs> best munchies in town. If I was Marcus, I'd do a Snoop Dogg impression right now, but I can't. Come to Hatch Family. See, I got it. Marcus does a great Snoop. 
So who inspires you? In in which way? Comedy, music, Comedy, music, yeah. Um, all of the above. All of the above. Let's see. Do you, I re, I remember seeing the bare naked ladies way back when. I mean, it mm-hmm. was when they were good. Nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Not but 10 minutes. you know, I actually liked their um, back and forth, and you reminded me of Stephen Page a lot. Is he the? He was. I'm not f- super familiar. I with I mean, him. he's the guy that was wiped out with heroin, and then he was—he's not in the band anymore. Okay, um, yeah, I couldn't tell you anybody in that band. Although one of the guys is cousins to Harlan Williams, the comedian. What? Yeah, I think the main singer guy is that—is that? Do they have one main singer guy or two? But they used—I don't know now. Well, they used to have two, and then I think the the one guy's still there, and maybe they brought on somebody new. Yeah. But. I can't remember. One of them is Harlan Williams' cousin because he was in town doing a gig one night on the same night they were in town. And I guess he went over wherever they were playing and hung out. But And then I've seen photos of them together, too. Uh, but, like, I could just watch you guys for hours. Like, it, and well, thank it, you. It, it, like, it just it flowed. And so, like, it all was connected. And I really loved that. Like, it just yeah. seemed like, you know, you were telling a story to music. Yeah. And, um, I and, really loved that. And we still kind of do that, but it's a lot more... What, the, the the special that you're talking about on YouTube is very by-the-book and scripted. Yeah. I mean, there are there are uh, uh, organic moments in it, but when like if you go to see us at Wise Guys, that's when it's really just us in our element. Um, back to who's, who inspires me, I, I don't know if a particular person does. I get, I get inspired in different ways. I don't watch a lot of stand-up. Um, and I and I don't know why I like it when I watch it. I just never think to to watch it. Um, music inspires me to do other things. Uh, like I'm not a music. I play guitar. I'm a proficient guitar player, but I'm not. I don't write music. Who's I, your go-to on your playlist? Who do you music-wise? Yeah. Um, ninety. Okay. Let me let me do some fake percentages here. <laughs> this, is just a, this, this is just a guess. I mean, I, I wasn't good at math. so we're, I'm, I'm going to say 40% of the time I'm listening to either old. I'll, I'll listen. 40% of the time I'm listening to old country, 90s back to the 40s. I like Hank Sr. Um, so that's 40%. And then another 30% would probably throw an extra B in there. Probably. I just licked this microphone. Now I have hepatitis. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Who's, who was the last guest? Well, these used to be Sasha's, so. Oh. <laughs> hmm. Sasha, you listening? They're clean. <laughs> <laughs> we Lysoled them. No, uh, um, Yacht Rock. So the other, like, like Christopher Cross, Ambrosia. Michael McDonald. Uh, Michael McDonald, Kenny Loggins. I love that stuff. And then the other 30% is probably a mishmash of heavy metal, um, just random. But I, I am like my core, my core, I'm a heavy metal guy, but I don't, I don't really listen to a ton of it anymore, but more than most people my age. Well, and I remember you talking about dating and, and trying to pick up a heavy rocker. Uh, oh yeah, I had a bit. Uh, like that goes over very well. What was it? Um, oh yeah, the problem with dating a woman who, on, oh, it was a heavy metal, metal. dating website. 
Yeah, a woman problem. who looks like a heavy woman, metal. Yeah, a woman fan. who listens to heavy metal looks like a woman that listens to heavy metal. Yeah, <laughs> which you you all know what that looks like. <laughs> and it's not the '80s cool video vixen lady. It's the lady with camo shorts and a wallet chain and not their own teeth. Not their own teeth. Yeah. <laughs> oh not all metalheads. There are some normal metalheads listeners. I don't want some. You're pigeonholing everybody. <laughs> Uh, well, since Steven's mom's the only one to listen to it, I guess she, she has yeah. it's, it, it. She won't even know. Look, my podcast has ha- like tens of listeners. Actually, I don't even know if we have tens yet. Well, I was there. I was sitting in for the first three, so count me in that number, I guess. True. Where do you see entertainment going? Like, and I think that by like live shows, yeah, or even the podcast and stuff. What do you think is the next po- up and coming podcasts? I I watch. Po- I know a ton of comedians who I watch their podcasts on YouTube religiously, but I've never seen a second of their stand up. I watch any podcast Burt Kreischer's on. Never seen a second of a stand up. Um, Andrew Schultz, same thing. Uh, uh, Chris DiStefano, um, Theo Vaughn. A lot of these comedians. I'll watch their podcasts. But I honestly don't care about stand-up. I have my favorite people. You know, I got my top five comics I listen to. And then the rest, I'm just like, I don't know. I'm sure they're good comics. I just, I just don't care. Maybe it's because I've been in around the stand-up scene so long. It's just... What do you think draws people to the podcast? Is it just more I, lengthy in depth? I think it's... Yeah, and it's more organic because if, if you're listening to Snoop Dogg on uh, Good Morning America, it's going to be very uh, squeaky clean. They're going to ask the same boring questions. But if you get somebody who's not a professional interviewer, they're going to ask questions that, that, that a journalist wouldn't ask. And there's, not the, there's also not the... Uh, there's no commercials... There's no, there's no really rules on podcasts. And I think the reason I like podcasts, because I love comedians, but I don't really watch a lot of comedy. So I like watching funny people talk about things because that's, that's natural. And when I watch a comedian, I know that's written and it's polished and they've been working on those jokes for however long. And that's good. That's fine. That's what comedians do. But I would rather listen to two funny people or three funny people just bullshit. And I think a lot of people are that way. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's the future. Because music, I mean, music's never going to go away, but the industry itself isn't what it used to be. You know, nobody sells actual records anymore. Not enough to make a difference anyway. Everything's streamed, and they, nobody makes money on streaming. Um, things like that. Future of music is live music. Because artists have to tour now, because they they're not making shit on Spotify or whatever. So they have to go out and... That's why you see all these bands reuniting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like shit. We're not getting that mailbox money anymore from "I Ran So Far Away" song. So now we got to go tour on an '80s cruise. Well, Genesis, they packed it in. Genesis packed it. I saw them on the last tour. I saw them in December in uh, Madison Square Garden, and it was amazing. <laughs> Phil Collins can still sing. His son, he has a son that's 20 years old, that was playing the drums. And if you don't, if you don't know. If you're not a fan, go back and listen to old Genesis, like 70s Genesis. It's just geeky prog. Like, just crazy. The whole point of it was to be as musically complex as possible. So people forget that Phil Collins 
they think of him the Tarzan guy and the you know Susudio. Uh, he was a beast of a drummer in the seventies, and he sang on top of that. So he's he's just a g- musical genius. Not doing so hot these days. He did the whole show on a on a stool. I mean, he looked like yeah, he was that. ready to yeah. call. Yeah, up. he's he's done, and you know. I think he's. I think he's okay, like internally. But I know he has like bad hips and knees and stuff. That's why he did the show on a stool. He can't really stand up that long. It seemed like a a pretty amazing way to go out, though. Like to do like one last hurrah tour, oh, and yeah. to and to be like just. It seemed more like thanking everybody. Yeah, and and when I was at the show, that's kind of what it seemed like. It was like here's a retrospect of our career. Peace out. And I believe whenever a band says, "Oh, this is our final tour," I'm like, "Okay," until. Hold on. Until, you know, the money runs out. But they're at an age where I'm like, yeah, they're done. Well, Elton's John is trying to finish his, but it keeps on. There is a lot of bands. <laughs> Dude, Kiss has been on their final tour for like four years. I think Garth Brooks, like, retired six times. Motley Crue did their, Motley Crue did a final tour in 2014 and 15 where they signed a contract that they would never, ever, ever, ever play again. This, this, this final is final. Guess who's going on tour next month? <laughs> <laughs> well, but but this one, this Man, one, this, starting starting now, starting Start- now, this one, this one's vital. <laughs> like, oh well, a movie came out about us and it reignited interest. It's like, no, nah, just admit, ticket or Live Nation waved a hundred million dollars in front of you. <laughs> I would too. I would sell out everything I've ever said for a hundred million dollars. Like, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would do it. I would do it every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Whose grave do you want me to go pee on? Yeah, sign me up. If people wanted to find you, how do where do they book you, or how do they find you? Um, any uh, marcusandguy dot com or uh, just beautiful website. Us. Yeah, I don't know who does it. <laughs> Dylan's brother. Dylan. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. I'm kidding. Shots I'm fired. kidding. Yeah, it is beautiful. That's why. That's why it took me a minute, Dylan. No, just kidding. Dylan does our website, uh, marcusandguy dot com, and then there's you can just find us like on on. Uh, Social media, Guy Seidel, S-E-I-D-E-L, or Mark Marcus Hardy on Facebook, and then Comedian Marcus on everything else. Um, but, yeah, we're all active on that. If you want to book us, just, you know, we don't have an agent or anything. They just take your money, so just get a hold of one of us. And that's the fun of our shows. We love doing corporate events because if you go to a comedy club, people are there to see us. If we go into somebody's a banquet room, and they're there for a, a summit for their work or whatever. They're not there to see us, so it's kind of a challenge to get them. And we we always do. I'm tooting <laughs> my own horn here. Every time we're just like, ooh, man, I don't know. These guys look uptight. Blah, blah, blah. And then 15 minutes into it, we're like, this is amazing. Any stranger miserable um, miserable or memorable we did experiences? One of the first corporate gigs we did, and we didn't really know what we were doing. Um, this dentist in Arkansas paid us a bunch of money. To go out there and and, and and I can't even blame them because they didn't know what they were doing and we were kind of new. Was that the Troll 2 doc dentist? Wait, what? The Troll 2 dentist? Was it the oh, guy? That? Oh, yeah. Troll 2, it, that guy. Yeah. Because wasn't he in Arkansas? Okay, I just got excited. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that documentary about Troll 2. Uh, so, no, we went to Arkansas and the, and then uh, we didn't really, it was, we were kind of new to corporate events, so we just, what time do you want us to play? Seven? Okay. So, we went on at seven and then it like... 658 they were like hey everybody the food line's open so while we're up there playing everybody's in line to get food and then they sat down and by the time 
we were almost done. Nobody cared. They were trying to eat. They were trying to socialize. <laughs> and it was so bad that the lady who booked us, she just ran up to us afterwards and just put a wad of cash in my hand. I was like, thank you, and left. And that's, I was like, great, because then I put that in my wallet, and I left, because that gig was nightmare. But uh, like, we're out. This, the cruises, the cruises were awful. Awful. Um, so how it works. Yeah. There's, there's two types of comedians on the cruises. You can either do, the stand-up comedians do like, um, there's a comedy club on most ships, most boats. Early show and a late show, you can do the early, clean, late, dirty, whatever. And you're on the cruise for however long it is, seven, ten days, whatever. And then, you you know, it stops and, ooh, we're in Puerto Vallarta today. You can get off and go dick around, whatever. Well, Marcus and I, this is more, air quotes, elite, but we f- we were what's called fly-ons. We would fly to a, we would meet the boat wherever, Jamaica, let's say. That was our first one. We met the boat in Jamaica, and then we did overnight, and we played in the big theater. I don't know if you guys have ever been on a cruise ship, but there's a theater-type place in in the venue in the in the boat. We did that. It's more exclusive because it's like, 200 people 100 people whatever bigger room um one night only but the problem with that is we got on the boat in jamaica sailed to wherever's next and then we're off and home and we did that five or six times to di- different places and it it just wasn't it was, we flew to the last one we ever did we flew to florida san juan puerto rico um Somewhere, uh, Florida, Puerto Rico, the boat sailed somewhere, and then we flew to Texas and then back to Salt Lake in 46 hours. Oh. So it was just nonstop. And then we had to sleep, like, look, I'm not, I'm not a diva, but they put us down with, like, the, you know, the janitors. Where Leo, the, where Leo was on yes, the Titanic? With the commoners, the poor folks. I had to go hang out with peasants. Bullshit. Did they dance like they do in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Late at night, all the all hours? No, uh, no, but you can hear a bunch of new languages you didn't know exist. And so that's <laughs> the cool thing about it. But like like where we stepped, we had to go stay. And I'm joking about being poor and all that stuff. Um, because that's usually where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually down You're there. You're down like in the, in a, in a, with the chickens? Yeah. In a crate? Yeah. Uh, so down where the because we were considered employees we were we were 1099 through carnival or whatever yeah and uh they put it i'm not kidding you these rooms were about the size of this this table i'm looking at is like a looks the size of a foldable lifetime yeah it was two of those maybe shower toilet bed everything you had to see you had to step over the toilet to shower and it was just i'm not a tall guy but everything was it was made for me. Yeah, you would have been fine. I mean, I, I'm Probably never. It would have been luxurious. I know. I'm, you know, I'm going to soak this up because I'm never the short. I'm, I'm always the shortest guy. <laughs> Not today, <laughs> my Not friend. Not today. Not I'm, today. Do, do you I'm, think it would have been a better experience if you were on the, the ship longer? Yeah. Yeah, but that also would have made the pay less because you got to be gone for more. That's another thing, yeah. too, is like the number they'd throw at us was looks good. But at the time we had a we had a cruise agent, and then you split it between the two of us, and then if you total up, I, d- I did a total. One time we were gone for four days, and with what we made, um, split it between the two of us, pay twenty percent to our agent, and then our ten percent to the agent, ten percent to the cruise agent. We made like three something an hour. 
And that's around the clock, 24 hours. Yeah. But after I broke it down, I got home. I was like, I, I lost money. Because the number they throw is like, oh, that's a lot of money for one gig. But you don't take into consideration what goes into that gig. All the flights and stuff are paid. But, yeah, being gone away. And then, I, you know, at that time, I had to be away from work. had to be this. I had to pay a dog sitter. It was, it was a loser. So we, we stopped doing cruises. But there, were f- there was one time we stopped in Turks and Caicos overnight. And that's the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. But that was as far as it ever got with the cruises. <laughs> Usually, just get on, get off. One night we had a layover in Turks and Caicos, and that was that was it. But I don't know. Looking back, they were kind of fun. We hated it, but now I'm like, you know what? I've been on cruises. I saw something not everybody gets to see. Done something not everybody gets to do. It was fine. I don't want to do them again. But all part of the journey. I I want to touch also. You you're big into charities and like different groups. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm I'm King Do Gooder, but uh, my well, mom. Well, you're friends with the pets. I, I do love what? the rescue animals. I have uh, I have a couple rescue dogs and a cat, so I'm really big into into animal rescue. You know, rather than breeding, um, you know, go get a dog from a shelter or a rescue. I want this breed. You can find it in a shelter. Uh, I don't want to get on a soapbox, but you know, for every for every dog that gets bred, another one gets the gas. So remember that when you go buy your designer puppies. Uh, I'll remember puppy. that for next time. <laughs> Are you a dog killer, Dylan? No, just kidding. What kind of dog do you have? A mini schnauzer. Yeah, that's what I thought. Cute dog. No, I never, I don't like people, but like people will tell me, oh, I got a dog, and they're, they're afraid to tell me because they know I'm going to get on my soapbox. I'm not really like that anymore. I used to be. But uh, you're but you're writing their name down just so yeah, you I'm right, can I'm, avoid I'm going to burn your house down, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I love Make sure the dog's out first. Yeah, I'll make sure the dog's out first before I do any damage. Take them home with me. Uh, but yeah, dogs, and then and then the comedy cares uh, thing we did every year up until 2020. Will you be doing that again? Do you think, or do you want to revive it? I don't want to, but I'm going to. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so much work and it's such a pain in the ass. Um, but it's a labor of love because then it all pays off on the end of the night of comedy cares. So so what we do is I'll bug everybody. Just hey, give me free stuff from your business or whatever, um, and then we raffle or auction it off the night of comedy cares so it's so much fun because marcus and i just go up there and rip on people as we do give away stuff you know some of it's raffle some of it's auction the prices Um, get crazy the prices get insane um last the last one we did 2019 we raised over thirty thousand dollars uh and then they were similar all in all we've raised about a hundred thousand um and it goes to local families at christmas and stuff what made Uh, you start doing that uh, so in 2009, I was headlining a show at Wise Guys Trolley Square, and I went into K Bear to do a promo, and they had a, they had a I shouldn't laugh, it's not funny, but they had a girl in there who who was uh, HIV positive. She just had a baby, um, just bad situation all around, broke, and she was in there because Mick and Allen from K Bear do a. a a program where they help families out who need help at Christmas time. And she was in there talking about how she just had a baby and blah, blah. She's had all these problems. And then I was going to get on the mic and be like, good dicks and farts. So I said, Hey, I want to help her out tonight. I'm going to pass a, a jar around the crowd or whatever and raise some money to help this girl out. So we passed a jar around. And I can't remember. I think we raised like 
three hundred dollars or something. You know, enough to make, you know, give but her that makes a huge difference. Makes yeah, made a big difference to her. So then the next year, I had the idea. Well, let's do a raffle. So I hit up like Kevin from the heavy metal shop for some shirts, and K Bear Hint give me some like CDs and T-shirts and stuff. So it was very small. And then as the years went on, just the prizes got better and better. We've had autographed guitars from huge bands: Motley Crue, uh, Rob Zombie, um, tons. Hugh McDonald from Bon Jovi. Uh, who, he used to live in Park City, so he would he would hook me up with a bunch of stuff, um, all, just all kinds of stuff. It's gotten so crazy. Of arcade, the first year, well, no, 2016, my buddy gave me an old punch out machine from the 80s, the arcade, <laughs> and I had a, I had a little bit of time, so I refurbished it, like bought new stickers, painted it, put new trim on, made it awesome, sold for like two grand or something. So the stuff that people we're donating was getting crazy guitars every year we have four or five guitars and rich usually makes some someone working thing rich wilson he's an awesome uh wood artist you know he wouldn't call himself that he's one of those guys that'll just build the most amazing thing you've ever seen i was like, oh yeah whatever yeah okay <laughs> that's what um, i did this week he made me i have a dog bed that's do you remember the simpsons episode uh the nightmare the treehouse of terror treehouse of sure. horror whatever it is yeah there's a there's one particular scene where Bart is in this bed and the bed's a clown that's gonna eat him, I think. <laughs> anyway, Rich made me a 3D wood version of that bed for my dogs. Well, he made it and I and I geeked down on it and we made a trade. They traded him a guitar he wanted, but it's awesome. Rich is and Rich's stuff always sells for high. One year he made a coffee table that was that looked like a Nintendo controller. Yeah. The paddle, and it was it was great. And it's not just cheesy. I mean, he goes crazy into detail. Uh, so comedy cares is blast. I'm excited to do it again. I'm not excited for what goes into making that if, night happen. If people wanted to reach out, is the best way again on your website? Yeah. Well, or social media. I, I don't really do a ton with the website. Some of it goes to my junk mail and my personal email. But to get a hold of me personally, probably social media is the best way. But yeah, if you if you're listening to this and you own a business or something and want to donate to Comedy Cares this year, let me know. Um, I'm, I'm saying this also to hold myself accountable to do comedy cares this year because nothing's, nothing's in the work yet. I usually start about August, August, September. And this year I'm like, you got to do it. I'll cue this up in August and yeah. Say, Hey, (laughs) you, you told Steven's mom that you were going to do comedy cares. She's She's pissed if you won't follow through. I know. So we need to please our listener. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She is. She's pretty easy with ice cream and chocolate, too. You know what? Ice cream and chocolate can fix anything. I actually... You know what it's fixed? It's fixed me uh, being too skinny. <laughs> I love ice cream. Do you guys Do you guys have a good butter pecan in there? Yeah. We make, I I don't know if I have it at the moment. We make a really good maple pecan, and I, I don't know what flavor is in there right now. Mm. But and they um, make their own here. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, this is no Haagen-Dazs like, or shit. I mean, not that Haagen Dazs was bad because I actually have that too. I like Haagen Dazs. is great. I, I like Haagen Dazs. <laughs> I like it all. I like Kroger. But I can't really do Baskins anymore. It's kind of ruined me for Baskins. Are there even any left? I don't know. I know one's an AT&T store, the one on Yeah, the Fort one South. on Fourth South. I haven't seen a Baskin Robbins in a long time. Done. Hatch Family Chocolates. Done. Put them under. What do I owe you? I owe you a lot for that ad. Yeah, Hatch Family Chocolates. Come here because Baskin Robbins (laughs) is gone. 
Yeah, the, we're we're all you have. I mean, there's it's, yeah, it, there's not a lot of options. You, we're look, you thirty-one get, flavors now, bitch. Yeah, we're, we're like a virus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is such a cool shop, though. I've been here a few times. If you yeah, like yeah, I eat chocolate covered strawberries from here once. Oh, you ah. did? Yeah. Well, uh, so here's my new take. My new take is kind of what you were talking about with the communities, and like I think that communities need places where you can just forget all the shit that's going on in the mm-hmm. world and have those warm fuzzy feelings that's what i, I think agree. our shop provides that's and you do a good job of it because you're you're in a nice neighborhood you're out of the way which which would hurt most businesses but you're in a cool part of out of the way you're in the avenues the avenues is hip it's clean um we probably brought down property values when we opened it needs it because you can't afford, <laughs> nobody can afford to live in the avenues anymore. So can we make your shop shittier? So I'll I can, work on it. So I can afford to live in the avenues more, someday. A few more years. Well, a few episodes <laughs> back, you tried to get customers to go to other chocolate shops. Uh, to do what? <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll let people go wherever. I mean, there's a lot of good chocolate shops. <laughs> Cummings. Leatherbees. Oh yeah, I think they did like Leatherbees too. Leatherbees, they have, there's one on North Temple if you want to go get an ice cream and stabbed by a hobo. Yeah, and you can <laughs> you could also go to Red Iguana across the street and get mole, which is made with chocolate. Mole, you know what? The Red Iguana is is it's weird because it's such a Salt Lake staple. It's been on shows. I had a girl come out from back east somewhere, a friend of mine, and she's like, "Oh my god, I got to go to Red Iguana because it was on diners, drive-ins, and dives." And anytime, anytime I drive past Red Iguana, there's a line down the street. And I'm like, it's good. Red Iguana's good. Yeah. But I don't get. Yeah, some things like get, that, I just don't. How do people live and die and buy this? Yeah. Are you a Blue Iguana fan? I do like Blue Iguana. But I don't know if I have a preference even. And I'm kind of a. I'm kind of a snob with Mexican food. I hold out. I would, I, I, I've never been to Blue Iguana. Because I think I started with the red iguana. I can't. I can't switch. Yeah, I can see that. The blue iguana is also kind of hard to get to. There's stairs. There's, well, there's right but parking. Like you have to park and then walk a ways to get to blue iguana. Oh, well, I think. you got it, me right there. It's I mean, right by Benihana, right? Yeah. 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 So you gotta like park on one of the streets and then kind of find your way in. I need one of those bike pedo mobile taxi dudes. Oh, one of the the uh, uh, what do they call them? What the hell, rickshaws? <laughs> yeah, I need one of those to like get me from my car to the to the restaurant. What about a scooter? Like uh, I mean, a, a bird scooter. I mean, you. I don't really have good balance, but mm. they do have those ones with the seats. Those. I look. I'm talking myself out of buying an electric scooter, but yeah, they do have the one where you just put the seat on it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's especially if you travel a lot in the airport. You've seen how long that terminal is? Yeah, I saw, and I don't know if it's for sale, but I saw a video one time of a dude whose luggage folded down into a scooter. Okay, actually, I think that would be cool. Yeah, so, like, you got your suitcase, and then you just flip this thing down and pull the handle up, and your suitcase is a scooter now. I think there's an Instagram or a TikTok where the security is chasing a woman on one of those. And... At the airport. I would love if everybody had one of those. Well, let's start that trend. Let's get into the suitcase scooter <laughs> business. The scoot case. Damn it! See these ideas the I got? The scoot case. That's actually a good term. I know, and I just gave it away. Vote, vote. Now somebody's going to run it. Oh, that's registered to Guy Sedell. Yeah. 
Uh, if you if you Google scoot case, it's probably already a thing. <laughs> There's no way I'm the first guy to think of that. No, you are a gen- you are that genius. Let's trademark uh, scoot case if it's not done yet. Mini R- scoot circle case. Circle RTM. I I want to trademark mini scoot case. Um, RTM for the vertically and, challenged folks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because you already have the dibs on the big one. True. Well, I could market to kids. Kids, and, well, they're vertically challenged. Yeah. See, so it could it could fit a couple. Uh, we're talking like five, because once they're five, they're about my, they're taller than me. There's got to be a horizon a horizontal model too, like a laydown. Yeah. <laughs> Huh? Yeah, like a what? Are, what were those things we had in the '80s? The roller racer. Remember those? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm shooting out ideas here, but I think scoot case is gold. I didn't. I didn't even give you cookies or brownies here. N- not yet. Are, are these guys? Are, do these ideas just pop? Yeah. Yeah. This is a stoner brain. I'm not stoned right now, but this is where my brain goes. <laughs> I think that kind of leads into our first bonus question. What does creativity mean to you? That's kind of, I guess it all depends on, I think everybody's creative in a way. Some people say I'm not a creative or I am creative minded. Or, or I think it's douchey when people say I'm a creative. Um, but I've always tried to customize things. I've always never wanted, I've never wanted to be like everyone else. I mean, I don't dress crazy, but I was never the guy who's like, oh, everybody's wearing this. I need to wear this. I need to wear that with them. I, I've always wanted to do my own thing, even my cars. I don't like having a car that looks like everyone else's. A little more nowadays, but, you know, growing up stuff, I always wanted a different car. So creativity to me is is making something yours or creating something that's yours. Your creative could be uh, interior design. You know, and maybe that's not your profession, but you can be like, oh, I want my house to be mid-century modern with this kind of clock, these kind of chairs. And then there's other people who aren't creative. And I'm going to say this out loud. You walk in their house and they just have live, laugh, love and eat, you know, letters on the wall. And, and, and it's just not creative. Sorry, mom. He hasn't even really been to your house yet. I've never been to your house, Stephen's mom. <laughs> um, and you get a pass if you're over 50, um, which I'm assuming she is. I mean, close. Uh, look, I don't know what your dad's into. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe your dad has some money, and your stepmom's thirty-two. <laughs> I don't know. Or you don't know what my stepmom's into. True. <laughs> True. Who knows? <laughs> but yeah, everybody. True. I think everybody's creative in their own way. I just try to be apart from the pack. Like with, like look again with that old Volkswagen I have. I try to make it my own. And that's why I love Volkswagen is there's just unlimited options of what you can do with them. Um, I have a, a room inside my house. One room is all Beatles where I have all the Beatles records framed and lined up, you know, in, in order and blah, blah, blah. So that's that's creative, I guess. Um, I have a music memorabilia room where I just have like stuff I've collected, concert tickets, all this stuff over the room. And, and I like framing things and being creative in that aspect. But I, I don't consider myself an artist. A lot of people get creative, creative person and artist kind of mixed up, and I think there's a big difference. I, I don't consider myself an artist, so to speak. I don't create anything that makes people feel a certain way. May laugh, I guess. But, uh, yeah, no one's ever going to be like, oh, he was a superb artist. Nah. 
I think you're a superb artist. Well, thanks. I'm a. You're a chocolate artist. No, I just eat it. He just eats it. Uh, <laughs> the crew's pretty good. Yeah, but you're the you're the king. Look, I, I eat a lot of chocolate. Why wouldn't you? It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> if if I had, you know what I like watching? I like those chocolate videos where people will make shit out of chocolate. Like, like it looks like a. Oh yeah, they melt it down and start building. Yeah, things. and yeah. then they paint it, and you'd be looking at this like fire hydrant, and like, yeah, it's made out of chocolate. Like, what? Well, his TV show was kind of like that, and that you know, you know, I I gotta apologize. Really I do, never saw it. You didn't. I mean, it was reality TV. What years was it on? I don't know, one year. <laughs> it, we had one. one but I, well, no, kind of two because it started in December of 2009, mm. but it really took off for a month in uh, 2010. Well, that's a, more, that's a month more than most people have. <laughs> My reality. Actually, do you know what's crazy? We actually got to make some really crazy things like that you're talking about. Mm. Um, I don't think people have any clue how expensive chocolate is. And um, so when you're like trying to make things, the cost really Expensive adds up. mistakes. Well, yeah, and then people are like, "Hey, can you make that for my my grandma? Or can you do this?" And how do you say no politely? Yeah, uh, but or how do, how do you say yeah? If that's five hundred dollars of chocolate. Uh, no, five grand, man. Five we're going. Grand. We're going to keep going up. But like, yeah, there's there's a lot you can do with chocolate. Yeah, I love watching those videos. I know I can never do it because I don't have. I'm like Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Do you know, we stuff. should be like the two old guys on the Muppets. Statler and, and Waldorf. Yeah, and we can just watch, <laughs> but we attend those kind of contests. Yeah, like, and we'll just be judgy pricks. Yeah. Like, oh, that dolphin made I out mean, of chocolate. I've seen is, better. I've seen better dolphins made out of chocolate. Step it up, <laughs> loser. Speaking of them, when the Oscars was getting planned, that was one of the ideas going around that the Muppets would host it, and then the guys would be up there, like the whole show. I would, I would, I would watch the Oscars again. I don't yeah. know, well, I don't know that I ever watched them, but if Statler and Waldorf were commentating any award show, <laughs> I'm in. In. That's basically what Marcus and I have turned into. We're Statler and Waldorf, but we're on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sign me up if they do Muppet Grammys or whatever. We need to start that. Speaking of crowd work, why are some audience members so dumb? Like, you ask them a question and they just... They freeze up? Yeah. Uh, I don't, maybe they get put on the spot. I Sometimes I forget just be, because being a comedian, you're used to being on stage and you're used to being on the fly. So sometimes we'll not go after, but we'll start engaging somebody in the crowd. And we can usually tell if they're not... If they're not on board. And and we don't blame them. If that's the case, we just yeah. you know, move on. But a lot of people love it. They'll just, you know, a group of six people will be there and we're beating up the guy who's wearing a weird beanie or something. Everybody loves it. And everybody, because we, again, we don't go mean. We don't go hard. Um, but, but there's that fine line where we can do it without pissing anybody off. Well, we have pissed people off, but never, never intentionally. You've never been slapped. Not in a comedic setting. <laughs> Not on stage. Actually, I, uh, has that changed how you feel audience members can behave now? Has the, you know, I've never l- thought of that until recently. But um, do you think that people are getting more emboldened? Like, um, 
I, I don't think so. I mean, I've, I don't know that I've even performed since that happened. Um, but it's never really happened to me in the past. And also, I'm, I'm not a big dude, but I definitely am. I'm not the guy you look at and be like, I can kick his ass. Uh, I, I, I definitely look like I could hold my own, so I don't think it's a big, I don't know. At this table, you're looking at me thinking I could kick your I ass. I could kick the shit out of Steven. Literally. Yeah, it's a, pretty, it's a given. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. No, you could. I'm a, I'm a wuss. I'd fold. So am I. I just look. I have angry looking eyebrows. People, people think that I'm like this unapproachable mean guy because my eyebrows look like Tim Burton cartoon or movie, but uh, no, I'm a I'm a puppy dog. But anyway, the slap thing, no, it's never happened. And then I'm on stage with Marcus and all the ninety nine percent of the time too. So there's nobody's gonna come up and try to slap two of us because we're both, you know, hundred and eighty, two hundred pound dudes. Uh, but and it, you're both pretty buff. It's a nice word for fat for me. <laughs> uh, Marcus used to be huge. He used to be ripped. And he's he's still in good shape, but he's not he's not bulked up like he used to be. Ten years ago, he was like carrot top. Uh, and I was too at a point. Twenty fourteen, I never got crazy big, but I got pretty ripped and pretty pretty stout. And then I was like, ah, weed and Pepsi is way better. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah, the Will Smithing hasn't affected, and I don't think it will in the f- in comedy clubs. I mean. Nobody's, nobody's thinking, oh, I can go do what Will Smith does. I don't know. Maybe. I, I feel. I think women might not feel like they're going to get snap, slapped, but I think they might feel less safe on stage sometimes. Um, because, yeah, people people are crazy, like, entitled now. Yeah. S- and, and women, especially with, like, the whole Me Too thing, and I, I kind of think they have a little harder than we do. Because most men can hold their own or, you know, throw a punch. Or run away quick enough. Or run away quick enough. Not to say that women can't Again, do that. Again, I, I, I'm the I'm. You're the not bait. a track star? No, I'm like bear bait. So, like, you know, so <laughs> if we go if to the woods with you, we, we trip you, and you then the rest of us <laughs> run. You will live. I will sacrifice myself we, for you. We appreciate you lent jumping on the grenade for us. <laughs> <laughs> However, if we ran though, I might get winded before, and you might be able to beat me. Well, you. No, I am. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not very fast. I'll carry some honey or something. But bear spray. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Stairs are not my friend. No. Nah. Well, we're all we're all at an age where they're not anybody's friend. How old are you, Stephen? Oh. I'm old. Me too. Yeah. Four fifth four fifth four fifty? Forty forty nine? <laughs> forty eight. Fifty one. Fifty one. Alright. That's not bad. You're not you're not too far ahead of us. I'm up I'm getting up there. Age is a number, man. Age is a number. I feel I've had more fun in, in my forties than ever in my life. Yeah. That granted, that's because I have money now. <laughs> <laughs> Not like I don't have money, money, but but my whole life. Seventeen-year-old dream year old, no. of having Shit, these I, lofty oh, things. Oh, dude! When I was thirty-five, I would have killed for what I have now. So no, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm rich, but but my forties have been great because I can. I don't have to stress about the phone bill, so that that helps situations a lot. In my twenties, I was getting evicted from everywhere. 
It was nice. I never, I never got the boot, but I definitely, I never, yeah. There were times when it was like, hey. it's like you remember this game where you swipe the car and like, come on. Come on. <laughs> Wait, that's still like happening for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I didn't activate that one. Oh, let me let me. Get I spent so many years as a broke ass that even today, when I get on my phone to check my account, accounts or whatever, with the business and everything, I just have this pit in my stomach because my whole from eighteen to the th- my mid to late thirties was just survival. So now when I open my f- my account, I know full well there's plenty of money in there to, to No whammies, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies. But I still have that thing of like, oh, it's going to be all gone. Yeah. When I know it, I know that's not the case. I have nothing to worry about, but I still just check my accounts like, ah, ah, okay, I'm good. And I don't know if that'll ever go away because I spent so many years getting a payday loan. That's to probably healthy, though. Said. Yeah. Yeah. That way you're to not have that spending mentality. like an asshole. Yeah. 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 It's being broke taught me a lot. Like I, I, I learned a lot of hard lessons about debt and, and spending money you don't have. That was a big problem with me. Oh, I need that thing. I can make payments on it. <laughs> payments, you say? My I'm wife is a, a magician with, with money. Really? Like for a long time, I didn't make a lot of money and she made things work. And we did trips, and it's like... Are you telling us your wife has an OnlyFans page you don't know about? Maybe. I thought, yeah. Or is it you? <laughs> D- go Dylan to Dylan's on OnlyFans. It's Dylan in a in a corset and side. nothing else. <laughs> Dylan on the side. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's is that his, his, his OnlyFans page name? Yeah. <laughs> Drug dealing. Dylan on the side. <laughs> Drug dealing. I like that. <laughs> Bonus question number two. All right. Go Wait, back but to you the do Muppets. have, like, the good smile going right now. Look at oh, those. Yeah, I got new chompers. Feet. Which, the, wow. What'd the you tops. do? Just a new top denture. Oh. Wider and bigger. and They're I, clean. They're Yeah, there's no. Uh, it might have Dr. Pepper. They don't sit in there crooked. They're not worn down. Because the other ones I had for, like, 10, 15 years. My teeth, I grind the shit out of my teeth, and that's my problem is they're worn down to nubs now. And I can even tell a difference in like pictures, like when I was younger, the smile, and then my smile now. So when I when I take pictures now, I make a conscious effort to like do anything but like a big smile, just because when I smile, my you can't see my teeth unless I really make an effort. Uh, so a lot of the pictures are like toothless because I'm smiling, <laughs> but you can't see my teeth. Yeah, I'm trying to find the right smile with this, so because you know if I do a big smile, it's it's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> It looks, good. it looks good. So I, I, I'm trying this little kind yeah, of like That looks snark. like you're going to throw me in a crawl space. <laughs> hey, kids. <laughs> well, anyway, what was the bonus question? Number two? It goes back to Muppets. Yeah, Who's your favorite you Muppet that, yeah, and why? Keep rambling. Fav- favorite Muppet and why? Um, I'm going to go with Rolf. Let me, hold on. Let me think about this for a minute. <sighs> yeah, hmm. Well, Fozzie would be the obvious choice because he's a shitty comedian, and I am also a shitty comedian. Um, but then there's Animal, who's who's the musician, crazy guy, but I'm not really a crazy guy. I like Rolf because he's a musician, but he's not crazy like Animal, and he has a cool name. Yeah. So we're going with Rolf. He played the piano playing blues dog. Who's your like Who's him. your favorite Muppets? Gonzo. 
That's good. I like Gonzo. I like Sam the Eagle. Sam the Eagle is a good one. I've been told to have Sam the Eagle eyebrows. Speaking of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good underrated Muppet, Sam the Eagle. A lot of people don't don't remember him. These birds are naked. (laughs) (laughs) I I watch, I got the Muppets on uh, the Muppet Show on Disney Plus. And just the other day, I was like, I'm going to watch this. So I checked the first one. I I don't remember if it was the first Muppet Show or is this the first one I saw? But it was Johnny Cash. And he's playing in front of a giant Confederate flag. And there's like Muppets <laughs> sitting on the flag. Like, <laughs> da, 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 da. It's like, wow, different, different times. It did, didn't save well. No, d- yeah, it didn't <laughs> age well. A lot of those didn't. Um, Speedy Gonzalez. I have Boomerang, which is all the old cartoons, the oh. Warner Brothers and Scooby-Doo's and all that. By the way, it's great. It's like 40 bucks a year. Boomerang, I'm giving you a plug. Um, but they don't have Speedy Gonzalez because I guess it's racist. Mexicans love Speedy Gonzalez. He's a hero. But that's not on there. And then um, I used to have this Tom and Jerry DVD set. and In the beginning, Whoopi Goldberg does a disclaimer. She's like, look, a lot of the stuff on this show... Hasn't aged well. Just remember, it was the 40s and 50s. Things were different. (laughs) (laughs) And then it cuts to like, yeah. And you watch it for a minute. You're like, okay, now I see why. Now Disney just cuts that stuff out. Like, they cut the F word out of Avengers and Babysitting. Really? Yeah. I was watching a show on Disney, and it was Willow. Remember that? Yeah. And they had a disclaimer because it showed... Smoking. Language, violence, and smoking. I'm like, we have to have a disclaimer for people smoking now? Are your kids going to be like, ah? I mean, yeah. I mean, think of like old airplanes smoking. Yeah. Who smokes anymore? Anyway. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's the thing. Is that It's coming back. I miss it. I haven't smoked in 11 years, but man. The 70s are back. <laughs> I'm all about it. Let's Let's get some... Bell bottoms up in here? No, I'm too fat to wear bell bottoms. Now I'd look silly. Actually, some of my staff had bell bottoms. Yeah, I think the right body type can pull them off. It's not this body type. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just the bell. Well, the 70s might help you out because they got platform shoes. You can throw, yeah, you can throw six inches, inches. On, on, your, on your height. Um, Three, nine... Four or five with shoes. With shoes. You're up in the air. You're going to have to get oxygen. I'll have to upside my scooter, my scoot case, <laughs> <laughs> to the big one. The, the scoot case. I gotta, I'm growing up now. You got the big one. Guy, thank you. And then the last bonus is in the movie of your life, who would play you? Last movie of my life, who would play me? Let's see. I've been told I look like um, Leonard from Big Bang Theory. So I'm gonna go with him because he's better. Look, I get I get why people see that, but he's also way better looking than me, Johnny Galecki. Um, so we're gonna go with him because you don't want to get. Look, if you're playing a five, which I'm a five, Hollywood isn't gonna get a five to play a five. They're gonna get a ten. Kind of like Pocahontas was hot, but if you ever seen the real Pocahontas, she was not hot. So they got to Hollywood it up. So we're go, I'm gonna go with Johnny Galecki, nice. and then the old me will be Tommy Lee Jones because I've heard that one as well. I can see that. I keep getting a whiff of sewer. Am I crazy? No. I mean, that's the avenues. 
And then you could get Josh Brolin in the middle there playing a younger Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee? Tommy Lee Jones. Was Josh Brolin? Well, have you seen Men in Black 3? No. Yeah, Josh Brolin plays a young version of Oh, of Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee Jones. Jones. Yeah. But then that would be a young version of me if Tommy Lee Jones is playing old me. I'm lost. <laughs> I'm Josh Brolin and Tommy Lee Jones somehow. Yeah. They're both men. Even even an 80-year-old Tommy Lee Jones is better looking than me. So. And Josh Brolin's not even in. We're not even in the same. <laughs> we don't even breathe the same air, me and that guy. <laughs> but I'll take it. If Hollywood wants to make a, a movie that doesn't do well about my life, let's do it. It'll make dollars. Like five or six of them. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Unless, unless I do something like really significant. That's what I need to do. I just need to do something that, where it's worth making my a movie about my life. There's a hospital. My mom will come. Your mom will show up because she's my 32. Yeah, there you go. Well, thank you, Guy. So thank you. MarcusandGuy.com or find us on um, social media, Guy Seidel, S-E-I-D-E-L, or Comedian Marcus. And one of the guys that usually leave once a month. What's that? And usually at Wise Guys at least once um, a month. One of them, Ogden or, or West Jordan. Not at the downtown club very often, uh, Vegas, wherever. So, yeah, come see us. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. Whoa, whoa. The podcast is done, man. <laughs>